Hey there, I'm Ange McCormack, the host of Schwartz Media's daily news show, 7am. This is The Weekend Read. Every fortnight on the show, we feature the best writing in Australia, read to you by the people who wrote it. Today on the show, Mark Mordew with his piece from a recent edition of the Saturday paper. As anyone who has had an MRI scan will tell you, the procedure is unforgettable for one thing, the immersive cacophony of sounds inside the machine. Pulsing, thudding, banging and droning, it's unsettling for some, but for Mark, it was like music to his ears. Musical enough, in fact, that he decided to write a review of the live performance that he attended inside a hospital room in Sydney. Mark will read his story, MRI, live at the Royal Prince Alfred, after a short conversation. Mark, did you know what an MRI was going to be like before you had one? What were you expecting? Uh, To be honest, not really. Uh, And I was a bit nervous about one thing, which was that you were going to be slotted into this tube And it was what I expected, a bit on the claustrophobic side, and the sounds that you're bombarded with add to that. And I I remember the experience because I was also nervous about what the outcomes might be for me. It's basically a cancer check because they're not sure what's going wrong in your brain or your body, as the case may be. And I really began to sort of feel that building anxiety and that pressure of the claustrophobia, and I, I was thinking, oh, God, I think I'm going to have a panic attack in here in this little white cave that I've been placed in. And as I was listening and trying to calm myself down, uh, the the sound started to remind me in kind of odd or tangential ways of different kind of out there music I'd listened to. And I started to get this idea of a music review. (laughs) And then I started to weirdly, I don't know if I would say I enjoyed it, but it it sort of centred me and brought me down into a a calmer place. And I began just thinking about the story and I was able to, in a sense, forget about where I was and and have fun imagining this other idea. Yeah. And I mean, I haven't had an MRI, but I have heard people describe what it's like and they always talk about how unsettling the sounds are. Why do you think your mind went to, you know, the thought that it was sounding like music? Like, is it just your love of music or was it, as you kind of mentioned, a coping strategy of being anxious at the time? Uh, I think it was a coping strategy in part and my love of music. You know, like I'm, I started off my life in my 20s as a rock journalist and music is a, you, you can hear music in different ways and in different places. So, you know, not everybody likes full-on Miles Davis jazz fusion, for instance, or Einstein and Neubauten, who I mentioned in the story, who are this sort of German deconstructive rock band who basically use noise as a part of the landscape of their music. And a lot of contemporary uh, classical music in the last century has been built around noise and atonality. So it's not an entirely sort of foreign kind of language to my ears by any means. It might not be the first thing I choose to go to, but it just seems suddenly that I could find little kind of experimental sound hooks in it that stimulated ideas. And and I guess too, if I'm honest, yeah, writers, almost every experience, good or bad, is some type of story potentially. Uh, And particularly when you're a little bit sort of frightened or anxious or vulnerable, 
that kind of storytelling process helps give you a bit of a defensive shield or some kind of meaning for what's going on around you, whether it's to do with the pandemic and lockdowns during COVID or something like an MRI test or, or some other encounter with your body as much as with society. It, it kind of guides you along, even if it's not entirely positive. Mm, and I guess it's interesting to think about the line between noise and music because, you know, music is a group of noises, but what differentiates the two and is it just imagination? Is that the boundary? Well, yeah, I think it is the boundary. I mean, clearly if it's a complete kind of disorienting non-stop blitzkrieg, then all shape is lost. You know, in an MRI scan, the, the sounds are sort of five to ten seconds or so approximately. I, I don't know, when you're locked in the tube, the white tube, as I call it, you don't really have a great sense of time while you're being kind of pummeled and sort of pushed by all these sort of weird noises. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, music itself, even in a conventional sense, is, is a matter of taste and, you know, someone could hear Joy Division or Nirvana or, you know, contemporary yeah, hip-hop of, of some kind and just hear nothing but noise to them, whereas other people hear something cinematic or they, they understand the sort of messages that they're getting both lyrically and sonically. So, you know, I mean, again, like music and other forms of art, there are things that you don't like that offer you a, a frontier or, or a playground that are interesting and ultimately you might never return to it, but it does give you something to just to think about, I guess, you know. And... When the MRA ended, if you were sort of treating it like a concert at that point, did you give a round of applause? Did you <laughs> do a standing ovation yeah, once they wheeled uh, you out? <laughs> not a lot of applause there. I was, my arms were pretty tightly to my sides <laughs> um, and I was in one of those robes that are pretty revealing when you take them off, so you're kind of glad to get your clothes back on and out of there. Um, I was actually excited because I realised I had a, an interesting idea. So, I mean, yeah, writers are terrible creatures, really. Like, I was kind of satirising myself as well because I have written about music in those ways where you just get completely carried away with language and, you know, you kind of leave reality behind and you're just on, on a little story trip. So there's that too, you know. And I have to say I was not unaware because it was very real to me that I was writing about something that for other people doesn't have a particularly good outcome. Like I, I knew that there was a possibility that there was a cancer in my brain, my skull. I, I, it's not a very medical explanation, but I knew that there were issues there. And I was aware that for other people it's terrifying for much more serious reasons because it was a, a bad thing come true. For me, it was something that I, I ended up getting a good result, but I actually did write it before I knew what the final results were. And in a way, you know, I was trying to console myself with the notion that everything's going to be okay. It, it's not as serious as it seems. And I guess I, I'd hope the piece on some level was entertaining or calming to people going through that process and might even give them a, a way to kind of half daydream while they're inside the MRI and not give way to the sort of panic that you do definitely feel while you're there. Mark, thanks so much for your piece and thanks for your time today. No worries. Thanks for talking to me. Coming up after the break, Mark Mordew will read MRI live at the Royal Prince Alfred. 
As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read POST, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. MRI, live at the Royal Prince Alfred Hall. Dr. S. Plinter, referral to radiology. MRI, brain, changes in hearing, test noted, DECR on the left ear, dizzy, exclude acoustic neuroma or intracranial pathology. The venue at Royal Prince Alfred Hospital in Sydney's Newtown is a little snug. A cool white room secreted behind a nondescript cafe and purpose-built for its headline act, MRI. A seminal performer on the magnetic resonance imaging touring circuit, MRI, whose initials have come to define the entire genre, make use of all manner of pulsations, drill sounds, beeps, and alarm audio to test the limits of any music fan, as well as push them towards a spectral view of their mind and body and perhaps even their spirit. For the duration of the performance, one is slotted into a tube-like device akin to a space coffin or sleep pod of the kind you might have seen in sci-fi movies. Might I wake in another time and place? No such thing happened, of course, as far as I know. But perhaps I'm yet to find what is natural and what is synthetic in the aftermath of my exposure to MRI man and device merging in some Cronenbergian moment that rejects the erotic and the abject as finite outcomes. In terms of set list, MRI maintain a stoic, ultra-punk approach. No song lasting longer than 10 seconds, if you should dare to call them songs. We're at the heart of the high-tech avant-garde here. No soft options tolerated. MRI's musical brevity is so sharp and rigorous that the Ramones' beat on the brat feels akin to a Wagner opera by comparison. There may be a little of John Cage's thinking behind MRI's approach, following on from his provocative bon mot that there is no such thing as silence. One listens to oneself as much as the interim noises MRI provides, a truly existential even neo-Buddhist allusion to imposed meditation in conflict with the concrete musics that are used to invade body and psyche and search out any cancerous resonances. A quest that puts a whole new deconstructive spin on what hip-hop act the Beastie Boys once called ill communication. Patient portal. Report the ventricles and subarachnoid spaces appear normal. No structural or cortical abnormality is seen. There are a few small periventricular white matter hyperintensities considered normal for age. MRI have certainly come a long way since their sonic experiments and crude X-ray tinted slideshows of a clam and a thoracic cavity of a mouse. Let's face it, those early performances are for hardcore fans only, 
if still available for perusal on three rare and rather collectible live EPs entitled Shell and Squeak, Indomitable and Proton Rattler. The influence of founding members Paul Lauterbur and Peter Mansfield remains evident in the classic MRI sounds and musical technology of today. Lauterbur was a chemist who dreamed up the first performing incarnation of MRI after scribbling down his plans on a table napkin at a big boy restaurant in Pittsburgh in the early 1970s. Mansfield, who held a youthful interest in rocketry, then began building on Lauterbur's big ideas, encouraging a vision for MRI that compressed their song performances and triggered visuals down from hours to minutes and even seconds. The year was 1977 and the Lauterbur Mansfield machine that was MRI was ready to rock. Though Lauterbur and Mansfield are both now deceased, MRI continues as something of an anarcho-syndicalist franchise, similar in its approach to the anonymous modelling of hooded Melbourne ironists like Tism and mushrooming prototype operations like the Wiggles. Wherever MRI is, whoever the personnel are, the song remains the same. No significant small vessel ischemic change. No evidence of acute or past infarction or intracranial haemorrhage or collection. No abnormality is seen in the cerebellum or brainstem. Persistent disruptions to MRI's career surface via embittered fellow founder Raymond Vahan Damadian. A one-time violinist, tennis coach, Air Force scientist and medical practitioner, Damadian always claimed a lack of credit for his contributions in discovering how cancer cells produce different vibrations to non-cancer cells when exposed to magnetic resonances and radio waves. Loyal fans point to Damadian's debut solo single, Radio Shaker Rats Livers, as the ground zero moment for the MRI music machine to come. Damadian's frustrations over full recognition for MRI's origins as a performing unit failed to dent their growing reputation as the diagnostic craftwork of modern medicine. Over time, he would become a born-again Christian, finding his own ghost in the machine at last, while serving historically as the scientific Sid Barrett to his colleagues, latter-day Pink Floyd. Lauterbur and Mansfield rose all the way to the Grammys of Medical Sonics and Noisnik Healing, sharing the 2003 Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine. By then a creationist, Damadian loudly protested against his exclusion from sharing in this award. His supporters taking out full-page advertisements in the New York Times on his behalf. This effort only moved one of the paper's columnists to write unfavourably that there is no Nobel for whining. Lauterbur would die in 2007 at home in Illinois in the United States, Mansfield in 2017 in Nottingham, England. Their deaths were faintly symbolic of MRI's cooperative internationalist bent despite the hum of dissent that dogged them. The irascible Damadian would outlive them both, passing away only recently in August 2022. He had changed gears with Fonar Corporation, whose paranoid intensities yielded him quite some success in creative patents without ever eclipsing 
MRIs ascending dominance over what some began to refer to as the dark symphony genre. The structures of the bony labyrinth define normally. There is, however, significant fluid retention in the mastoid air cells bilaterally. No mass is seen in the skull base or nasopharynx. Such history is important in understanding how a great medical act develops and enshrines itself into our lives. But this story is not simply a matter of changing band members and internal business conflicts. Artists are always being affected by what they see and hear around them. Lou Reed's Metal Machine Music, for instance, seems an obvious benchmark for the MRI sound. In what amounted to a very tight 15-minute set today, I also sensed the influence of early human league and hints of Einstürzen Neubauten, even a flicker of Depeche Mode at one point, a daring hint of thumping electro-melody that never developed. In the end, MRI remain a purist act, anti-song, profoundly minimalist, rightly suspicious of over-emotive colorations to their sound. In truth, their We Are The Robots approach was so detached it felt rather more like a listening party than an actual performance. Unorthodox flourishes like the demand that each audience participant be involved in utterly solitary engagements with their music, forced to strip and be dressed in only their underwear and a white gown, with their required wearing of a VR headset come leather helmet, gave the MRI show a Kubrickian air of crude but chilly futurism. A temptation rises to flee the situation screaming, I am not a clam or a mouse. Frightening stuff. No acoustic neuroma or posterior fossa lesion is seen. No intracerebral abnormality is seen. In short, this was a disciplined musical unit that gave no quarter to aesthetic flabs such as narrative, melody or meaning. Comfort was never the main game, despite modest efforts to ease MRI's commitment to seeking out any tumours that might reside within my mindscape. Sometime after the show, I reflected on the brain scans provided, maps of my musical experience. MRI is not merely a song machine or an AI precursor continuing to threaten artists of today with machine-generated dissonance and functional absolutes. It is, quite literally, a cold, unitary voyager, inquiring into what lies behind my sense of equilibrium and my hearing capacities, revealing vertiginous realities about being and nothingness, while reassuring me that life is most likely to continue as usual. Brainy music, indeed. If I can be of any further help with the interpretation of this patient's examination, Please do not hesitate to contact me. Radiologist Dr. A. Webern. Weekend Reads, you can subscribe to The Weekend Read in Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.